Welcome to another edition of Take the Hill, a leadership podcast designed to connect you with influential leaders uh, who are exhibiting great leadership within their respective fields. Today, what we are doing is Dennis and I are here talking about leading your organization through uncertainty. So what we want to do, and similar to our previous episode that kind of took a little bit of a focused perspective within the human resources area, today we're going to mostly focus on your organization from a leadership perspective, but look at it within three unique lenses and at a very high level kind of give you some good takeaways that will help you kind of move forward during this period of uncertainty. And the direction that we're going to head is, you know, is really underpinned by this idea that leading through periods of uncertainty and disruption are challenging. Right? There's just no way about it. Right? Leadership is difficult and complex, you know, and managing these environments on top of what already the uncertainty that we're experiencing only makes it that much more difficult. So today, as promised, you know, if you think about your organization, you know, whether you're a small entrepreneur, a mid-sized company, or even a large company of 100,000 people plus, right? Really, you know, to simplify kind of the, the template is we're gonna look at kind of the strategic operational and tactical levels of your organization all right the strategic focus is really the big picture you know looking over the horizon you know it's that executive level you know, the people in charge trying to figure out where am i steering this ship and which direction do we need to go or what decisions do we need to make to ensure that we remain solvent and competing in the industries and markets that we are in and the bottom is your tactical focus. That's the day-to-day, -day, the essence of your organization, right? It's the reason why you are in business, right? And then in between, which is the operational level and probably the most challenging role are the management, all right? And in that area, in that focus, you need to be able to balance the strategic objectives and working with that perspective as well as the day-to-day -day, right, business that you're running. So, Dr. Ferkatich, did I miss anything? Are we ready to uh, jump into it? No, I think we're ready to do it, Patrick. All right, that's wonderful. So I'm gonna let Dennis start with our strategic focus. And again, this is really looking at big <laughs> over the horizon and the direction that our organizations are heading. I think that we see here that uh, the saying, the enemy of a good plan is a perfect plan, uh, really ties into what we're, we're trying to say here that, that uh, what, is, what is over the horizon? We don't know. And especially during this time, during the COVID, during all these uh, different changes that are going on, I don't think we can come up with a perfect plan. I don't know about you, but I know we can't come up with a perfect plan. So I guess the first thing I would start, begin with is to look at from a strategic standpoint, you know, how is our business being impacted? Uh, how is the, what is the, what are the things that are happening that are impacting specific business? Some businesses are doing better during this crisis. Some businesses are suffering during this crisis. It depends on what kind of business you're in. But I think one of the first things we have to look at from a strategic uh, point of view is that you can't approach this with a, with a mindset of avoidance. We have to look at the realities. We have to, we can't ignore the issue and uh, think that, uh, it will not impact us in one way or the other. Um, 
you know, what's going on? What are the long-term uh, uh, impact or consequences here? So again, when we start looking at the strategic focus, we do need to come up with some kind of plan. Again, it might not be the perfect plan, but we got to start coming up with a plan. And I love how we always, we always focus on communication and trust. And I think that's where the first step begins is that uh, leadership needs to uh, begin to communicate and begin to trust uh, those who are part of the organization. So what are your thoughts, Patrick? Yeah, I agree. And again, it's, it's really about those small steps, right? I mean, beginning to look at everything that's happening in your operating environment as an aggregate perspective, right? Becomes very overwhelming, right? And you need to start to really reflect on, you know, what is it that you do really well, right? What's the core essence of your business, right? And then start to think about, okay, how can I put things together that are going to give us the agility to change and respond to the environment, but also where possible, be as proactive as as we can, all right, given the circumstances. Um, so, you know, that idea of, you know, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand isn't going to work, right? The idea that, you know, when I've built this successful business, it's going to be resilient and it's going to make it through if I just hang on and hang tight and hunker down. And that is definitely not the case, all right? You need to be able to come up with, you know, the best plan that is going to work for you, given both what you know the facts are, and then you have to go with your gut. All right. I mean, it's going to be a balance of those, you know, so as you're thinking about, you know, developing or most likely you have already developed some contingency plan. Again, perfection is not a good target. You know, at some point you need to move. And I think Dennis, you hit that right on the head. Yeah. And I think also, that, uh, you know, what worked before in your concerning your contingency or your plans, uh, probably isn't so now. So I look at, uh, I really look at the restaurant industry. That's the one that's been hit the hardest. And I start thinking about, uh, they ran on such a thin margin as it was, a uh, profit margin. And we see that their capacity has been cut in half, some even a quarter. Um, so how do you survive that? Again, uh, the status quo or that idea that um, I'm going to keep doing what I used to do is no longer in play. So again, you, you have to come up with some kind of strategy. You have to look at the big picture. And I think the danger zone here is when we say, look at the big picture and over the horizon, that you're not looking just like a week out or two weeks out. You got to, you got to start really looking way out there because this could go on for who knows how long. And then the part of that is, is, as we get into this idea of communication and trust, all right, you're going to see this theme show up time and time again. You need to be able to create the environment to have the courageous conversations that you need to have, whether it's about finance, whether it's about leadership, whether it's about specific roles and responsibilities, right? None of these conversations are easy, but they need to take place. All right. So whatever you need to do within your organization or your marketplace or your industry to enable these conversations to happen is, is should be a priority of yours you know, as you move forward. Totally agree. All right. So the realization strategic focus, again, you need to be as best you can looking at the big picture, you know, over the horizon, 
you know, keeping in mind you know, what your organization does well. And, you know, it's okay not to have a perfect plan. All right. You know, there was another thought I had, Patrick. And in this time, there may be many individuals who in smaller businesses might not have the knowledge or understanding of how to come up with a good plan or a perfect plan. I recommend they reach out to the professionals uh, who can help them in these various areas because uh, we look at the different variables that change or impact our, our focus or, or change the big picture. And we may not understand those specific variables where you, you may talk to some of the experts in, uh, in the field and they might be able to help you with things that you didn't even think of. So I, I just, that just came to mind that, you know, uh, I know relying on podcasts like ours is, uh, is, is one way some people find out specifics on different ideas and so forth. But I think uh, seeking out professionals like the Small Business Association and uh, even other uh, community opportunities like colleges, a lot of colleges provide, um, you know, uh, routes to to uh, find out specific information on uh, certain things. So I think that uh, I think that's important that people realize that they're not alone in this. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but uh, they're not alone in this. Yeah, and especially as like you said, if you are a single entrepreneur, right? It's you and your shop or you and your business. Right? There's a reason why you know organizations have other individuals within the same industry on their boards, right? Even though they may be competitors, they're still together in that industry, right? So reach out to others in your, your respective industries, except even if you're a small business, because though you may be competing in some way with them, right? They're still good resources. And I think they still want to, at the end of the day, see everybody succeed uh, and, and be able to you know, kind of get back to some sense of normalcy, so. All right, so strategic focus is kind of wrapped up there. Let's move to kind of the operational focus. You know, what should we be looking at here, Dennis? Well, again, we're looking at management. Again, that's the most challenging role. Uh, I, I think just because we're going through this pandemic or crisis or any crisis, uh, we still, efficiency and effectiveness is a must. Um, and again, management, uh, the operational focus Again, how, how do, I mean, we, we begin to see things change. We begin to see, uh, again, those different variables that are uh, changing the way we manage. Uh, how, do we, how do we get through this? And, and again, we go to that communication and trust, but I think right now, a lot of managers are facing a trial and error kind of situation, trying to see what works, um, throwing things out there and seeing, okay, is this gonna help um, me dealing, am I communicating correctly with my people? And let me give you an example. I guess maybe I want to be more clear about this. Uh, for example, many people are working from home. How are you managing that? Um, it's totally different. Um, how you manage virtually versus managing people face to face. So I think you need to, managers need to take a look at, okay, what's changing in the, uh, within the operation that I need to focus on and change my management style? And how will my management style impact the effectiveness or the efficiency of my organization? So again, we, you gotta do an analysis. You gotta start looking at, 
okay, what has changed and what do I need to change as in regards to my management style? What's your thoughts? Yeah, what's interesting is, you know, over the last few months, I've seen a lot of articles being released about, you know, this, this new virtual management style or new virtual leadership styles and, you know, tips and recommendations. And, and one of the things that, that you've kind of alluded to that always comes up in my, my mind is this idea of trust. You know, managers, I think when we went to an online environment, um, were immediately requesting from employees, you know, weekly logs, give me the hours that you're working. Um, you know, we were meeting once or twice a day, you know, throughout the week. And this absence of trust, I think, pushed us a little bit too far and we essentially kind of overmanaged or micromanaged a lot of our employees. And that is a great example of maybe the changes that need to be kind of reevaluated at the operational level. You know, if we do a good job as organizations to hire the right people, right? People that not only fit the roles and responsibilities that they're given, but are individuals that we can trust and know will do a good job in their respective roles, but also for the organization, right? So the standard doesn't really change, right? We're always as organizations going to be trying to find ways to make things more efficient and effective, all right, because we, we want to remain solvent. That's the bottom line. But at the same time, I think as managers, we need to really focus on trusting the employees that we hired and adapting our management and leadership styles more towards the end of the spectrum of empowerment, because now more than ever, you know, we're going to need our employees to kind of step up and do the things they were doing maybe with a little less guidance, all right? And so, again, the standard doesn't change, but again, as you mentioned and alluded to, you know, we need to start to rethink you know, how it is that we manage, right? Because again, we might not be there in person. And the challenge here for management in particular, again, and we'll talk a little bit about this here in a few moments, is you know, there's still that balance between the executive level you know, or the strategic focus and the day-to-day, -day, right? So, you know, you're not just talking about, you know, how you're changing in terms of the folks that you will, you are responsible for leading that are getting the day-to-day -day stuff done, but also up the chain of command. You need to think about, all right, how am I managing my relationship with my superiors, right? Who are also trying to look at the strategic focus and the strategic direction of the organization, all right? So it's, it's that double-edged sword that you have to be consciously thinking about. Yeah, and I wanted to touch a little bit on communication too. I think it's important that, uh, that managers express clarity to their employees because if things are changing, are you, are you telling your employees what, what changes are being made? What are, what are expectations of, uh, of certain employees now? I mean, there's so much, there, there is so much there that can be done through communication or lack of communication could cause a lot of chaos or a lot of problems. So I believe it's important that, we, that managers do focus on that area. You know, are you communicating with your people uh, when you begin to change your management style? What are you changing your expectations? as far as um, you know, the uh, processes and so forth within the organization. 
maybe you're changing policies and procedures. Uh, again, that if you don't have that communication, how do you expect others to uh, understand what's expected of them? So again, it can create a real problem or a real disconnect. It can really hurt the culture of an organization if that lack of communication uh, is there. Yeah, and it all comes back to clarity and purpose, right? Both mm -hmm. in terms of what you do and what you say, right? So clarity, you clearly understand, you know, what you're trying to express, what you want accomplished, how you want it done. And then purpose, you know, it's connected to not only their role, but the larger organization itself, right? So they understand why you're doing what you're doing, right? So, you know, you don't necessarily need to create this long email that describes everything in specific details. But again, clarity and purpose, right? Because we've also seen the opposite of the spectrum, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of the research that's came out and, you know, people are kind of getting emailed to death, right? Because there's just so many long emails and so many communications that are happening through so many different channels, right? So that integrated communication right, needs to be a central priority as well. And, you know, you bring up a great point, and, and I never even thought of this one until just now, but I would advise management to be careful of overreacting uh, to the circumstance, because if you overreact, uh, there's a chance that you could be um, heading down the wrong path or maybe implementing things that don't necessarily need to be implemented and causing a lot of uh, anxiety, causing a lot of uh, resentment. I mean... We could get, the list could go on and on. So I think, yeah, overreacting is something you got to be careful too. In, re, in on the other side of the coin, underreacting as well, which we've kind of alluded to that uh, it could cause a lot of problems. But overreacting, I think, could uh, also cause a lot of problems. Yeah, and that's part of the challenge of, of working like that in that middle tier of an organization. Uh, again, you understand the strategic objectives, but then you also experience the day-to-day -day reality, all right? So you have this wide variance of, I know where I'm going and I have kind of my lane that I need to operate within, but at the same time, I'm seeing and experience variables within the operating environment that are pushing us you know, above and beyond those operating lanes that we're trying to stay within. And like you said, whether it's overreacting or underreacting, you know, that's why this is probably one of the most challenging roles in the organization. And again, you need to be able to balance you know, those two focus areas. Um, and, 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 and we always make it sound so easy, balance, you know, balance. And, and I automatically think of somebody walking on the high wire. Uh, balance is tough. I mean, you're always shifting weight and going one side to the other. And you're always uh, have that fear of falling and uh, balancing, balancing and having the, it could be a really tough job. I don't know. I've been there. Um, you can it is hard. And I think one of the things that we'll have out in the near future is kind of another podcast that's focused on, you know, again, management roles and the ability to some of the more theoretical applications and practical sides of you know, how is it that we do that? Right, because again you, again, you know where the organization wants to go, but then it's your job as a manager to be able to operationalize how that gets done, right? And manage all the variables that you're faced while still meeting the strategic of the organization right, that are set forth. So, 
All right, so let's actually, since we're kind of segueing into that area in, in terms of the tactical level, the day-to-day -day and the challenges that you know, the folks on the front lines are experiencing. Yeah, again, the tactical folks, again, we're looking at uh, each day brings its own unique challenges. And again, perspective, a sphere of, of influence. Uh, and each day brings that challenge. So I guess I would start with, you know, each manager needs to be prepared to deal with the everyday uh, challenges. Uh, I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you don't know what you're gonna walk into sometimes. And, and I think each manager needs to prepare themselves, especially during this time, to deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis. And I guess the question would be, how do they do that? Um, I, I guess I'm going to ask you that question. How do they do that, Patrick? Yeah, so that's a good question. It's, it's, it's certainly a daunting task right now, given the dynamic nature of many of our industries. Um, but again, I think at the tactical level where you need to focus is more on the humanistic side of each of your employees, right? Uh, there's so much stress and anxiety occurring right now. Um, but at the same time, you know, even our employees are trying to balance, you know, the personal and home life and the work environment, which have now become blended together. All right. They have essentially collided and, you know, each day that they wake up, your home has now become your office, right? Mm -hmm. And the challenge of that has created so many unique leadership and management challenges uh, that I think we're going to be looking at for a while. But the three areas that I would recommend focusing on are is perspective, right? I think you need to have your employees realize that they can't solve every problem that they face in a day, all right? You know, there are some things that are within their sphere of influence, right? That they have control over, that they can work on, that they can fix, that they can address. But then there are some things that are outside their sphere of influence. Right, that they need to acknowledge that it's there, and then they need to be able to also say that, you know what, I may be able to illuminate this problem or challenge or opportunities, but it might be a little bit outside of my control, so I'm going to let somebody else kind of deal with that right now. You know, you bring up a great point that uh, I think this is a time when individuals will begin to rely on their managers and their leaders to uh, provide them with with guidance and understanding. So I think that, uh, again, as a manager on that day-to-day process is taking the time. Again, I'm going back to that word. I love that word, avoidance. And you can't avoid the fact that you're gonna have to deal with uh, probably uh, certain situations that you've never dealt with before. And I love that word blended. I love how you put that. And, and even those who are not working from home, um, those who are working in the industry are out there on the, brick and mortar, uh, they're faced with different challenges day to day that uh, have changed the whole perspective of how they, how they uh, complete their job or do their job. So again, I think the managers uh, at this point on a day to day operation need to be prepared to be faced with those challenges and be able to guide their employees and give their employees answers. Now, I know that sometimes we don't have the answers, but they got to at least show that they uh, care or that uh, they're listening. Again, we get to that communication part of it. 
Yeah, and what that really goes back to, and I'm gonna throw out a academic term here, is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah. And if you Google that and take a look at it, you know, the base of that is safety, right, and physiological stuff, physiological needs are met, right? So at the very core, you know, if you don't feel safe and secure, whether you're at home, whether you're working in a restaurant or whether wherever it is that you're working, right, you're never going to kind of move up that paradigm to the point where you know, you're excited to do what you want to do and right and you invest in your job or you work harder, right? Unless that safety and security piece is met, right, you're, you're kind of at a at an end point. So. You know, as you as you think about that from a management or leadership perspective, and that's why I go back to the humanistic approach. Right? I want to know, in addition to your role and responsibilities to the company or the organization, how are you doing? All right? What are your concerns today? Right? Let me know what's bothering you. Do you need some extra time away? Do you need to figure out daycare? Do you need to go, you know, figure out how to get your kids to camp or to school or where your next meal might come from? All right, so you know, whatever those challenges are, you need to be balancing both the responsibilities as an employee, but also making sure that their responsibilities as a human being and a person are also met. And I think you know, the other component of that sphere of influence that I always look at is that idea of locus of control, right? If an employee or an individual is constantly worrying and stress and anxiety about things that are outside of their sphere of influence, which we all do, right? It's a natural humanistic thing, right? Your ability to feel like you have control over that environment is going to be reduced. Right? That's that's just human nature. So again, focusing their perspective. All right, here's what you can control. Here's kind of a task you can work on, whether it's task oriented, whether it's a creative oriented process, or whatever it might be. You know, again, it's. It's setting the expectations. It's making them realize what is within their control. And again, that's all accomplished through communication, developing a relationship with those employees, and then hopefully you, know, you result in you know, that trusting environment. I know we're throwing a lot of terms out there from academia, um, but it's true, locus of control, again, look into that. But, but when you were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I really uh, thought about it's a motivational uh, kind of model. And so you ask yourself, how do you motivate your employees every day? And, and I started thinking of examples in my head if we walk in and we're negative and we start talking about how bad everything is and how uh, the doom and gloom kind of attitude. Um, we're really motivating our employees to take on that same attitude or that same uh, thought pattern. And so as managers, even though we're faced with uh, a lot more each day. We have to challenge ourselves to walk into our work environment to motivate individuals to be more positive and to give them hope. Uh, hope's a big thing. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I that's how I survive. I, I have hope that you know things are gonna happen, that good things are gonna happen, not bad things. So I think that it's important that um, many of our managers that we're speaking to today, that, that uh, they become the, the uh, um, example for their employees and uh, motivators for their employees to uh, get through this crisis. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it sounds cliche, but again, personalities and behaviors and I mean, all of that is very contagious, right? So, I mean, if you're a positive individual, and I'm not saying, you know, you know, we all know individuals who are just like overly positive and they're kind of, kind of, they're not grounded in a little bit of reality. <laughs> so, I mean, you again, be hopeful because again, you know, every new day presents an opportunity, all right? Yes. But at the same time, be a little pragmatic and realize that, yeah, there are some challenges here. Right? But again, we're gonna do the best we can with the resources that we have. And again, it might not be perfect, but we're going to be good at what we do, right? at least with the effort. And if you have the opportunity to be doing that, you know, that right there is a win. Yeah. Again, I think you're, you're right, pragmatic in, in facing the reality as well. I mean, we have to face the reality but um, we can't let that get us down either. Um, again, there's always other avenues. Um, I was thinking, and this is probably a negative thing to say, but uh, there's a lot of businesses that are not gonna make it. Um, it's the reality of it. So what do they do? Um, well, you know, you gotta find a different path or a different route, um, a different answer to, um, to overcoming the, this uh, crisis again. That's the, that's the word I, I would want to say is overcome. There's a way to overcome. It might not be in, the, in your, um, your current situation. You might have to change that situation. Um, so again, I know that sounds negative, but it's reality. Yep. So lastly, the focus that we want to leave you guys with is, you know, we really looked at the strategic, the operational and tactical levels of kind of your organization and your decision-making and communication. Um, it's this idea that you really do need to navigate between each of these layers of your, your company, all right? Um, if you're a small business or a small entrepreneur, again, you may wear all three of those hats, right? If you're a larger organization, you need to build the infrastructure that allows individuals to kind of operate within these each areas or cross over where that crossover needs to take place. And this is something that I talk to a lot of companies and students and professionals about because it's not easy to do, right? Oftentimes you're somewhat limited by your role, right? You may be kind of embedded in one of these levels of the organization and developing the perspective of the strategic level, if you're a mid-level manager, right, can be sometimes hard. Right? If you're a tactical day-to-day frontline employee, right, you could sometimes feel disconnected from the strategic focus and where your organization is heading. So again, going back to that idea of communication, right, the organization you know, that you work within or lead or manage, right, you need to figure out how you can start to develop some insight for all of your employees so that they at least get a sense of what's happening in each of these layers and then for the folks who's responsible either within or across multiple layers of the organization, again, developing those leadership and management capacities to allow them to occur. Right? But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is something that, you know, takes time to develop. All right. You know, there's no textbook to teach you how to navigate you know, between these layers. You know, it, it really does just come with experience, whether that's moving up the organization or getting better at what you do in your specific role that you start to increase your understanding across the breadth of your organization. So 
you know, as you reflect a little bit on some of the things that Dennis and I have talked about, you know, within each of these specific areas, right? The other challenge that you need to enhance it is your ability to kind of work within each of these areas, but also think about how what you're doing impacts each of these areas respectively, right? Because if you do that, then, you know, you, you're almost always going to increase your capacity to become a better manager or leader, right? Because again, you're developing a little bit more of a systemic understanding. Thoughts on that, Dennis? Um, you know, I think you covered it all, Patrick. I, kind of, uh, I agree with everything you said. Um, so, but again, I was just, some of the final thoughts, I know you're going to ask me this question, but I'm going to kind of move ahead. Uh, so some of, some of my final thoughts that I would uh, kind of throw in there in regards to strategic focus, operational focus, and tactical focus is for managers and employees to just have an open mind. Um, again, you may have to adjust your goals, your dreams, your vision uh, of an organization. And again, that doesn't come easy. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we always start out with this vision of what we would like to see. But again, there's those variables that uh, get in the way. Maybe they're, uh, again, we talk about locus of control. Maybe they're something we can control, something we can't control. Um, but again, always be open-minded and be ready to adjust or to change uh, in a way that will allow your organization to remain effective and to, to move forward instead of backwards. So again, my, my advice to everybody is, uh, again, always be adjusting. Uh, I don't know any other way to say it. Yeah, and it's a really good point, Dennis, that you know, that idea that what has gotten you to the point that you're at right now is never going to be able to sustain you moving forward. You always have to be learning. You always have to be growing, refining, and evaluating both not only what you're doing right now, but also where you're going in the future. And, you know, that's why I love this quote, uh, true changes take place in the imagination. All right. Now, he was just speaking with somebody in the restaurant industry right in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, they was forced to close, you know, one of their restaurants, right? Um, you know, even though the physical location has to close, and which was a very difficult decision to make, you know, they're starting to think about, okay, I still have the back-end distribution channel, right, in place. You know, instead of having a physical restaurant, maybe I can start to look at opportunities to distribute, you know, our food or our product elsewhere in a different capacity. And I think, you know, though that may be a challenging conversation to have either with yourself or your employees, uh, those are the things that need to be happening right now. All right. So again, you know, use your imagination start to be creative. I know you see the word innovative thrown out there constantly right now, but I mean, there, there's a reason why you're seeing it. Right. And as you think about those different levels of your organization, and your employees that are, are part of your company, whether big or small, you know, now's the time to imagine how you can essentially reinvent what you're doing to make it better, make it stronger, you know, so that, again, whether it's the same thing you're doing or you're reinventing yourself, you, you end up coming out stronger or better on the other side. Um, but again, the idea is it might not be perfect, but 
it's a good plan and it works for you guys. Yeah, I think you make a great point, Patrick, that uh, on the other side, this could, this could turn out to be uh, something that produces a lot of uh, imagination, like you said, and produce a lot of different ways of doing things and actually make it better for us. Um, that's how we got the internet. That's how we got all these other things that we uh, are experiencing. Technology grows from this. Um, so individuals have to find a new way. So hey, when we come out on the other end, we might be better off. I don't know. I think we will be. I think a lot of organizations are taking this opportunity to pursue projects operationally, change things operationally. Um, though they may be some difficult decisions, I think it, it kind of forced a lot of us to kind of, you know, take a leap of faith in some areas of our companies and organizations. Um, so Dennis and I, uh, any final thoughts from your, your perspective? No, I just want to thank all of our viewers uh, for supporting us. Excellent. Yeah, and thank you again, listeners. I know, like I said, you guys had a lot of questions around change, leadership, and management, and we're going to try to continue to put together a few of these shorter uh, seminar podcasts related to each of those topics uh, here in the coming month or so. Uh, but again, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all of the dedication and time that you spend listening to our shows, and we look forward to seeing you guys in the near future. Thank you. Thank you.